Havoc and Chaos, a podcast for everything dog. Hi, and welcome to episode 11 of the Havoc and Chaos podcast. Yeah, welcome. Episode 11. So, Ian... It's late. <laughs> I'm going to apologise. That's my fault. It's, it's really late. late. It's real late. It's, it's not good, is how, it? How late is it? It's not quite a week yet. A week late? Yeah, not quite. It's also late in the evening. It is. You've been shit. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so we're going to have a, li- uh, a quick update on what we've been up to. Yeah. And then I think we're going to spend today's episode talking about engagement. Yeah. The beauty of it, what it's needed for, how to build it. Um, then Why do you need engagement? Yeah. Why do you need it? Why do you need it? Why bother spending that time just getting your dog to go, hey, you're okay. I like you. It does help. It does help, certainly. What have you been up to then? I seem to remember that you had um, an agility contest. So, yeah. A beginner agility contest looming on the horizon. So I I have finished my... Not finished. I've been to my first ever agility competition. Awesome. Uh, I'm now officially an agility girl. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. So for the first one... Does that mean you're going to start wearing like leggings and smelling a dog? You already do. That's all you've just described to me. <laughs> is it what else? What else? Uh, what else is do you it? need to be a typical agility person? I don't, know. I don't know. I don't know what the stereotype is. Uh-huh. I know. I've, I there'll need be, to get be some, some signs. There'll be, there'll be a sign. I need a rab jacket. Yeah. And some. I feel, yeah. I feel like there's maybe a waistcoat. No. Like a, like a gilet. A gilet. A gilet. I actually, do want a gilet. Um, a with a, with one of those back pockets. Yeah. To keep my tie in. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> you're so horrible. <laughs> so we, it was our first competition. I bo- I took both the dogs. I hadn't originally entered Roxy, but I ended up entering her to some of the classes on the day just so that she could have some fun. Um, both dogs got clear rounds Yay. in some of their runs, which is really, really exciting for the first one. The well, fact that we got a rosette at all for anything. Were you pleased? I was so pleased. You're like smiling from here to here with your rosettes. Look at my rosettes. I feel really, really happy about it. I've got little rosettes. I've got I've got them on display in here. Well, they're gonna go up. That whole uh, bookcase is gonna be covered in rosettes in happy days. anytime. Yeah, anytime soon. You can watch this space. Yeah. So Havoc's first run. Wait, where are you gonna put the booze? The what? The, the booze. booze if you put rosettes in its place. And I, I, I which is most important to you. The rosettes are more important than really? the booze, yeah. Wow, you really have fallen for this upline sink, aren't you? I need the ribbons <sighs> yeah. to justify my existence. Throw the booze away, buy more ribbons. There is a lot of booze up there. <clears throat> yeah. Um, anyway, Havoc's first run is when he got his clear. Yeah. So his very first run of his very first show. Ever. Ever, he got a clear. Awesome. And he got to the end of his run, and I was so incredibly proud of him. And I marked him to tell him he'd done good so that I could throw him his toy. And he chose to self-reward, and he ran straight out of the ring, <laughs> spotted very sexy-looking black Labrador. <laughs> I ever told you about this? No. <laughs> and uh, had a little celebratory hump. Yeah, yeah, it's a hump a lot. Yeah. Little Sir Hump a lot. So his very first ever run, he ran round, did absolutely cracking, was incredible, and then just fled. To have you, a little you couldn't hump. buy that reward. He was. He, you know what I mean? You can't yeah. get that reward in a pocket. That's 
bless her. She actually, the Labrador that he humped, she was in a few of the other class, um, other runs, and I did watch some of her runs later. Yeah. She was incredible. Yeah. Yeah, she was really good. I can't quite remember her name. It was really nice. Uh, and a lab, not a, not a collie. It wasn't. A, yeah, she. Uh, yeah, Black Labrador. She was really good. Um, but yeah, every time we walked past her after that, Havoc was like, "Oh, goggle eyes." Hey, darling, how you doing? He's really yeah. got a thing for Labradors. Yeah, he's a bit breedist. He grew up with Labradors. Yeah, but then um, so he had three runs. His first one, he got his clear, so he got our little rosette, and then his other two runs, he was useless. Really? Yeah. So a Labrador, a blend. He got he got way too excited. He was um, he'd sort of run past certain jumps because uh, he was getting a bit giddy. Also, I'm not that fast, so it was hard to keep him under control yeah. on some of them. And then on his last run, because uh, it was getting towards the end of the day, Roxy was uh, being held by a friend, and she kept barking. So he was halfway around, and then he heard her, and yeah. ran out of the room. But it's a brand new situation, a brand new set of. Yeah. Sense of distractions and oh, yeah. your attitude and your nerves and so on is all brand new. So it's going to be a settling in curve for him as he. There was loads of lessons. Yeah. Understand that actually this is quite normal. Yeah. It's not just a one-off thing and we get all excited and giddy. It's just going to be a normal. Yep. Competing time. Here yeah. Loads. Loads of lessons learnt. Uh, in in hindsight, probably should only have one dog out at a time because uh, mm. on one of Roxy's later runs she was distracted by Havoc as well Right. but the the only reason they were both with me is because uh, it was a bit rainy that day and we couldn't pack that close Right. because uh, the field was waterlogged so I so I couldn't keep going back to the car because it was quite far away so I had to have both with me um, which was a bit harder but um, but yeah really good and then I entered yeah. Roxy into some just ad hoc ones and she got a clear run as well yeah. uh, so she did fantastic all so they both all them Agility evenings back yeah. at where we used to work. So we're entered into another one uh, at the end of April. Ooh. Um, and I'm super excited. Is that going to be harder? Yes. Yeah. Because Havoc's going to be jumping at full height, or his full height. So he's going to get measured on the day and then he'll be jumping uh, at heights that are appropriate for his size. So the first one I entered him at um, a lower height just so they could get used to it. Yeah. Um, we've not jumped full height before. Also, he's only just. 18 months so he's only just able to really be competing and also i've not i've never jumped in full height before yeah. um just to look after his joints so we've always done like baby jumps so this one at the end of april will be full height jumps so he is likely to just run under them all <laughs> oh yeah i don't know well i had a little practice at my last so they don't have like a second bar or is it just like no. one no one high You're supposed to just know to go higher over. bar yeah right. So sometimes if they think it's well, too high, they'll... The learning curve into training. It's exciting. Uh, yeah, it expands a training programme requirement, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm loving it because I don't really know anything about the agility world. I'm very, yeah. very new to it, so... Yeah, I'm not... I'm no, no expert, despite the fact that we used to teach agility. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, these, these competitive agility people, I don't... I, the only bit I don't know, right? I, mm. I watch it. I can't fathom out how they remember the course. Isn't it impressive? You know, the, the big ones, where yeah. like round that jump backwards and round that jump forwards and through that tunnel three times in different positions. Up, and I look at it and I think, if you gave me more than three jumps and a weave, I'd be like, I can't remember the order. But it's remembering the course, but also remembering your strategy for the course. Yeah. Because there's since since getting into this, 
like where are you going to put you where am i going to yeah. where am i planning on standing so that my dog understands where they need to go next yeah what what uh, instructions am i going to give if my dog needs to go around the back of the jump, am I going to get them to go around this way or this way? Yeah. Where where am I going after? So this knowing jump? your dog's strengths and weaknesses and your strengths and weaknesses and yeah. So one yeah, of the hardest things utilizing yeah exactly one of the hardest yeah. things uh, things I've found with Havoc and Roxy is that Roxy doesn't like working away from me at all. She's really close working. She's really clingy. Right. Uh, and so when I was first doing agility classes with Roxy. I got into a certain style of teaching her. I know if I need her to go in this direction, I need to be so close to this. Yeah, you need to be there kind of thing. Havoc works close-ish, but he's much faster. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Roxy lumbers a bit, doesn't she? She's a lumberer. Roxy lollops. So he he runs much faster, um, and he's also able to get... He's also learning cues (laughs) a lot quicker. Like, he he understands directions a little bit better than she does so i'm able to run in different ways and so not only do you have to learn the course but but adjusting how you run it depending on the dog dog, yeah yeah so one of our instructors has i think 13 collies yeah but colors all the same no but she has but she runs them all differently you can't pre-programmed no stop it it's very good (laughs) And then another one, she's got uh, she's got three spaniels and a Labrador, and she has to run all them different as well. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. Yeah, it's mad. It's mad. Yeah. I don't understand how you? Yeah. Like so, utilizing your skills and their skills to but to their strengths as well. To win. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah that's another uh, another little facet that you don't think about, isn't it? Oh, honestly, they're incredible when you watch the professionals mm. do it. Um, so that's what I've been up to. Sounds good, yeah. Tell me, oh, tell me what you've been up to. How's, work, the, how's the new girl? Work, work, and work. Uh, Denny, I told you, Dennis ended up in a vet the other day. No, you didn't know. Yeah, we did. Um, it's, it's, it's my fault, really, because as you know, he's a fast little guy. What have you done? And we were doing seating in several stadiums, um, well, several shifts back to back. And when he does seating, he just puts one hundred and ten percent into it. And I think he just wore himself out and he pulled a muscle in his back. Oh no. So we had to give him some rest for a few days and uh, go to vets and get him some uh, anti-inflammatories. And and every every time I get a, a, an email from Vet UK or whichever vet supplier that emails you on the internet, I always think I ought to get some like broad spectrum antibiotics and some anti-inflammatories and keep them in all the time. So I've always got them. You know, so if they tweak something, you think, I'll give him anti-inflammatories for a couple of days, see how he gets on. And every time I never buy them. And then when I need them, it's a 60 quid trip to vets rather than a £10 packet. Can you do that? You can buy them, yeah. So, yeah, that's annoying. Um, I'm too too suspicious. Not suspicious. I'm not confident enough in my own diagnostic skill yeah. medicate my animal without I think if, it, if it was just like a, a tweaked you know is, is really how do you know funny. yeah I don't know I, don't I, know. Ju- I just want to not not to be devil's advocate at all I, <laughs> I I outright completely disagree with that mentality and yeah I, just to explain I know what you're saying if my, if my dog isn't right I'm going to go to the vet about do you go to the doctors when you've got a sprained leg no. No, why not? Because I'm lazy. But you, you could and because getting a doctor's appointment. It's easy to get a vet's appointment and the doctor's appointment. If crazy. I bring the vet, I'll yeah. be in the vet that day. 
Yeah. Or the next day. If I ring the doctor, yeah. no one will answer. Or I'll have to ring the next day at 8 yeah. or 7 a.m. And then they'll tell me that there's still nothing. Like for two weeks. And then you go in and you tell them what's wrong. And they go, have you thought about resting it for two weeks and come back if it's still there? <laughs> yeah. And actually my symptoms been there for six months. Yeah. But I've got to rest it for two weeks just in case just in it's case something else. So actually, not to divulge too much about my own medical history, but <laughs> currently I have, I suspect, an arthritic hip. Uh, my knee... My knees have recently not been allowing me to bend down. They're quite painful. I get like stabbing pains. I imagine agility will help that. I'll fix that right up. Maybe. I've yeah. got incredibly bad back pain to the point where I have to take painkillers quite a lot of the time. And also, look at this bad boy. So I'm currently showing Ooh. Ian. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> so that needs a doctor. Just just for the um, the um, just describe benefit of the audience, Sam's got what looks like She's growing a twin sister out the back of her hand. <laughs> what the hell is that? So I think it's a ganglion, but it's quite big. Can I hit it with a Bible? Is that not how you get rid of a wine bottle? I think Bible, you just whack him, don't you? It pops back in. And so the problem. So so I'd, I went. So I did go to the doctor about it, and he went, "Well, come back in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> come back in two weeks and rest it. And if it's still there. Yeah. So this is a year later." <laughs> Um, so I think it might need surgery. It looks like a deformity currently. Yeah, it's gross. So, so yeah. no, I don't go to the doctor for myself. No, clearly not. So anyway, moving on. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so he had anti-inflammatories for a few for, yeah. for a week, and he's he's okay. He's still a bit tender. At first, he, the the vet had a little feeling. It's his sacral area on his back. Sacral, yeah. Um, sacral, and we think he just tweak the muscles, um, and it's fine now. You can poke it. You can you can fiddle with it and he doesn't get upset um just, so he's uh, on, just, he's on the mend just on a bit of a segue that a little bit have you seen those videos of um the dog chiropractor don't even go there i've seen it that man's getting bit in the face um um i think he probably has been but it's because the video ends that we don't see it for the, again for the benefit of the tape if you go on tiktok or similar and put dog chiropractor there's I a mean, guy in fairness don't because you're adding traffic yeah you're adding traffic to it it's horrible it's just to look on that dog's that, that rottweiler that, rottweiler. that rottweiler's yeah. face when he cracks its neck the rottweiler looks at him and goes i don't know what you've just done but i'm going to bite you in a minute because also we all know we all know what it feels like when you get cracked and yeah. it isn't immediate relief no it's a big shock yeah like a big shock if you're a dog and a bloke tries to pull your head off it, the, i've seen one i've seen one of him doing uh the rottweiler the german shepherd and then he does it i can't remember what the other dog is we've seen a couple of them and i can't watch them because yeah they're, they're horrible they're, and the first one i saw I was like oh jesus that's you don't that to a dog no way you don't need to people. I'm not convinced chiropractic is a real thing. Anyway, so yeah, so that's Dennis. He's on the mend. Um, he's still running a little bit tight when he's running, um, but he's he's all right. He's, he's on the way back. Um, and then I had, a, I, I told you earlier, my funny moment in Liverpool the other day. Well, I'm not really sure whether I came across as a caring dog owner or a horrible breedist dog person um, because we're walking back to the van from work and a bunch of people walking along I, I don't want to sort of class them as ne'er-do-wells but they look like ne'er-do-wells and they've got two large pit bull type dogs and one of which set off off lead towards us and i got dennis off lead at the time and out the corner of my eye i saw this dog coming and then i heard a woman scream pick your dog up 
So at that point, I picked my little dog up, fearing for his life, because it was a big pit bull type bull breed dog. And I held my little dog aloft, waiting for a bite somewhere. <laughs> and the bite never came, and I kept squinting down. And this dog, to be fair, I think it wanted to play. And eventually the owner arrived. He got no collar on. It was all a mess. There was no, no control. And they only got it back under control, chucked a check chain on it and hauled it away, having a good old pop at it like people do. And I put my little dog down and we're all okay. And then afterwards, what we didn't know was whether they'd shouted, pick your little dog up, because they knew their dog had got history of eating little dogs, or whether some random person had said, pick your little dog up, and I held it aloft, or whether it just came across as some like bulldog hating... <laughs> I don't trust you, yeah. kind of kind of weirdo that they thought, God, you know, he's a lovely dog. He just wants to play. And look at that. Bastard. And you're holding your spaniel. I'm holding my spaniel in the air. Don't bring your nasty bulldog near my life. So I don't really know how it came across. Um, yeah, that was quite, quite sad. How interesting if it wasn't them that shouted, just if a random... Yeah. If a random woman in the park went, pick your dog. You see, you never know. The, the, the woman in question might have known those dogs. They might walk in the park every day and they might maul little dogs every day. So it might be somebody's gone, oh, my God, here we go, another spaniel being fed to a pit bull. Pick your dog up. Or it might have been somebody just panicked. Well, I panicked. I didn't panic. I just scooped him up and held him up because it seemed like a sensible thing to do when somebody said, pick your dog up and there's a large bull breed heading your way looking a bit ferocious. What would you do if it was well, Lottie? I don't know. I really don't know. What do you do if you can't pick your dog up? Um, I think if if I, if I couldn't pick my dog up, I'd have tried some some other tactics. Some martial arts. Yeah, some martial arts. There's some uh, <laughs> some jujitsu on his ass. Um, I just want to say that when you told me this story twenty minutes ago, <laughs> there were a lot more swear words and a there lot. Were, more... I'm trying to keep it clean because there, I, were, there was, were a lot more. There were moments of tension. It, yeah. was, it was very tense. I didn't know they were going to get. But this even big dog. It was a big ass dog. Big brindle sort of. Long-legged bulldog, and and I did fear for getting a nip. Let's say it's stressful when they've and like I say no collar, no, so no there's collar, nothing no, you can do yeah. other than other than kind of you know pull off some karate move and and drop it in its tracks. What well, you do? You can't grab its collar. You can't hold it back. It, it's a big sort of slippery shiny dog. So yeah, that was fun. Just rugby tackle. Yeah, you've not you. If it had been another dog, I'll tell you what. Um, oh, what's the trainer guy? Um, he's a chap. There's well, loads of not them. really giving a lot of information. Yeah, there's loads. Anyway, of years and years and, and years ago, I was on a um, training course down at Kennel Club, and the guy in question, my, my I've got my border collie, and we all knew that she was dog reactive, and she done she had a lovely day. She'd done loads of work, and all of a sudden, some a person I know actually should know better. I'm not going to name names, but he should have known better because he's a trainer. And he brought his dog and stood outside a little early next to some plate glass windows. And my dog saw his dog and went, Phew, time for a bus stop. And uh, the person in question is my dog ran towards the open door, just dived in front of my dog, stuck his arms out and yelled, Rawr! kind of at him. And my dog went, jeez, and turned around and ran straight back to me. I thought at the time that was a really well-timed move. And I think that's probably what they tried if I'd got a dog that I couldn't just a quick pick up, just like, Rawr! you know, get look big and maybe immediately intimidating in hope that it turned around and ran back to its owner because um, as they run up you can't tell intention you can't really if see you go intention in at speed, you, it's, yeah. it's running up quite 
quite quickly and you look at it and think mm, well, I hope it's friendly when he gets here and I suppose looking at its breed type my little dog it's a big dog it's a bit you know a bit worrying I've done it before with um, when I've been on jobs with clients and if we're out in public somewhere and a little or, or big dog has come running over whether to say hello or not doesn't mm. matter if we're working on reactivity I tend to not even risk it um, and if they're coming running over I'll be a bit of a bodyguard. Yeah, I, I normally would. So I'll stand normally. in between and go, boo! Yeah. And, and hopefully the... Normally I'll, like, will you call your dog? But when I looked at the people with this particular dog, I figured that shouting, will you call your dog? Was a waste of time. a waste of time, yeah. Were they uns unsavoury? They were unsavoury, yeah. What did you call them earlier? Don't say. Nah, do wells. <laughs> I meant... I meant. Oh, in the other conversation, we'll not say that. I meant 20 yeah. minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when you first told me. Yeah. <laughs> Did... So anyway, yeah, that was a that was a fun afternoon. But yeah, we, we've had a lot of work. We've we've worked loads. We've been everywhere. It's been like Premier League week this week, um, and it's been good. It's been been good fun. Been down to uh, a Swiss hotel in Chelsea. Had a very nice uh, overnight camp next to near Richmond Park. That was quite nice. Um, and then we've been training new girl. Yeah. Exciting times. So a few things we've learnt about New Girl since last podcast. One, she's really come out of a shell. Awesome. And she's an arse. She's an absolute arse. I love it. I love it to bits. But she's a real bouncy arse. And if she gets frustrated, she body slams you. She bites your elbows. She jumps up to face height and yells in your face and barks. It's really nice. I like it. Um, she's learned to play tug. She loves playing tug uh, and gets very, very over aroused for a ball. If we're trying to do some training, treats she's okay with. Um, but if you use a ball, I was doing trying to do some sit stay training. And you know my program for sit, sit, one step away, one step back, yes, ball. Sit, one, two steps away, two steps back, yes, ball. That wasn't happening with a ball. <laughs> <laughs> it was sit. One step away, one step back, dogs jumped up and bit my elbow, bouncing my face, trying to get a ball out of my pocket, literally. Um, so, yeah, so she's very easily aroused by a ball. She loves it. Um, she's cracking. She's loving, loving life. And I'm loving hers. I feel like I've had her forever. And then the other thing we've been doing, uh, we've done the, uh, we've done some basic ascent training, the um, starting to build search patterns. So we use like an overall tied to a frame so we can get used yeah the video to, was really cool yeah get used to weaving in and out and in and out checking front and back of each set of overalls and obviously the overalls are quite imposing because they're sort of they're like just, they're just flappy frames with yeah. their bodies in aren't they so some dogs are a bit spooked um because they sort of flap and billow about she actually pulled one over the other day and it she didn't even notice it fell on her um and we started off with balls, tennis balls. And I found this at home because I do a bit of sort of pot work with her. And she'll find the ball that she's looking for, just using the ball to incite the, the, the desire to search. And then when you mark it and throw her another ball, as in the reward for finding the first ball, the idea is that she goes, yay, I've got a ball. And she runs around and have a you know, you know, nice play stage and you have a good old time. You play, for, for anybody listening, play stages when your dog's done a behaviour and you like it and you mark it. If you just throw the ball and she fetches it back, it's a bit bit boring. But if you play ball and you have a tussle or play two or whatever, that's a nice play stage. But she'd find a ball and we'd throw her another ball and she'd go, no, not that one. 
it's this one I want, the one I've found. And she continued looking at the ball that she'd found in the pot or in the overalls. And you throw another ball at her head and, and it's a bounce off her. And she goes, no, 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 not that ball, this ball. So yeah, so we moved on to uh, a drug odour and she, she starts, by day two, she was starting to get it. She could search, search frames, um, find odour, freeze momentarily and then get a ball reward. So yeah, really pleased with that. She looks, she looks, from the video, she looks incredible. She's yeah. Like, the fact that she's got that in two days. And she's enjoying it. Yeah. And the best thing is she's enjoying it. She's having fun. Every time, we we train for five minutes, we put her back in the van, give her 15 minutes, get her back out, train for five minutes. And every time I got her out of the van, she hauled me into that training studio. Yeah. Absolutely dragged me in. Um, so that's good. Introduce her to clickers. I don't know whether she's ever used a clicker before. Um... I'm guessing not. I get the impression, and I'm, if 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 Jacqueline, who I got her from, is listening, and I say something that makes that's horrible, well, I apologise. I get the impression that she's a, just one of those really nice dogs. I think that that little Lottie has just been. I mean, she's had loads of exposure. Mm. I'll give that to a previous owner. She's taken it everywhere because nothing phases her. Crowds don't phase her. Loud noises, traffic, nothing phases her. She's just like, yeah, whatever. Um, but I suspect she's just been one of really nice dogs. She's just nice. She gets on with people. She gets on with things. She's nice to have around. She's just a, a dog to, just comfortable to have around you. And I'm not convinced. I'm not sure whether she's done any intensive training with her. Um, she didn't really know what a click was at first because when I first clicked it, she went, what the hell's that? And I looked a bit surprised. And then... Started doing some position board stuff, and uh, she's loving it. You can see she's worked out what the clicker means. She's worked out the free shaping. Have we talked about free shaping before on our podcast? Yes, we did. Have we? Did we? Can't remember. If not, we'll we'll do an episode on free shaping. But yeah, did a bit of free shaping with her to get her to get both feet on a position board and. First few minutes, you're like, what the hell are we doing? And, and literally after five minutes, you're like, oh, yeah, this is, yeah, we're on it now. And she tried really hard. She did really well. So I'm dead pleased with that as well because that's the obedience side and the control side and the bond building side. And um, Yeah, so that's good. And like I said, the odour, she's doing great with. Um, begins again tomorrow. We're back across training tomorrow. Excellent. So yeah, it's all coming together with her, hopefully. And she's she's, out, she's she's looking really good. It's uh, she's I, I, she's lovely. She's a really nice dog. I think it's also credit worth, to the previous owner. Um, a little update on Widget. Yeah, so we we had Widgeon. Um, Widgeon. The a wirehead pointer that we picked up uh, a couple of weeks before Lottie arrived. Yeah, so because when um, we did we did an episode, you yeah just the intention her. was that yeah we just rehomed her, yeah. and we rehomed to, to some friends of ours. She wasn't going to make it. It was obvious she wasn't going to make it. She'd not got the 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 balls for the job. She she wasn't brave enough, um, but she was a lovely, lovely dog to have as a pet. And our friends have now got her, and she's living the life of Riley. <laughs> she, had she had a, a little birthday. She had a birthday party. party. She was two. She had a birthday party because <laughs> you always give a dog a birthday party, and. She's been everywhere with them. They, t- they took her to pub quiz the other night. She just sent us a picture of her sat in the pub on the sofa. Um, Lord, any talk. 
So she's super happy. Isn't she's it? just lovely. She's just really, really having a good time, and she's with two people who are absolutely spoiling the heck out of her. Yeah. Um, really doting on her, and when we dropped when we dropped her off, so <laughs> we spoke to any owners who were friends, like I say, and she went. We've got her booked in for a recall course next week, and then we've got booked in for a five week scent course the week after. And they're like, already they've got courses booked. That dog is just going to be going, oh my God, I love life. I'm, I'm just. She's going to be yeah. super, she's super spoiled. Life she's a right, birthday mate. party. Yeah. She's doing lots of fun classes. Yeah. Sofa to sleep on. Yeah. Loving it. Amazing. So yeah, she's having a good time. So um, I'm glad we're here, though. I'm, I'm glad she didn't go back to the kennels that she'd been in. She's having a much sweeter life, I think, now. Hmm. Um, yeah, so that's that's what we've been doing. Training, training new dog. Um, did some training with Saren as well the other day. Uh, I've got Saren and uh, Dennis doing some root searches because that's part of the assessment now. Um, and we've got to really ramp that up because, just because, because we crap at it basically. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, we got some odor out and started to build some uh, root search stuff. Um, yeah, it's all going well. Loving it. Amazing. Yeah. Part two. Should we go to part two? Yeah. part two we're going to talk about engagement so yeah. before we get into that ian what is engagement give us a definition i think my definition of engagement is the dog simply paying attention to you and recognizing that you have value in its world so how would that be different to just attention how is engagement different to attention because just getting, getting I, your dog's I attention. want it when i'm not bribing so to me, if attention can be gained by waving a stake at your dog, but if you have to go out with a stake, doing what? Time, waving a stake. stake at your dog. <laughs> but if you want it to do it when you've not got a stake in your hand, then that's engagement. If yeah. your dog's willing to pay attention to you, looks at you and goes, "You're ace, you. I like you. Games come from you. Toys come from you. Food comes from you. Balls come from you. Blah blah blah." You're onto a winner. If your dog just goes, you got anything? No, you're a dickhead, I'm off, see ya. That's not engagement. That's yeah, so like, I think you can get your, you can get attention by sort of calling your dog's name, but then if you're not immediately providing something, yeah. how long will your dog continue to stay with yeah. you? How long will they? And also, do they opt in? Yeah. Do they opt in or do you have yeah. to always... So if you're out, so for example, if you're out with your dog and you're walking along, how often do they just look at you yeah. and well, see that by, you're still there? Check in, see what you're doing. Yeah. If you stop and look at something, bend down, tie your shoelace, do they come up and go, hey, what are you doing? Well, can I help? Can I can I get yeah. involved? So I think a really nice tell would be, you know, if you take your dog for a walk and you were out for 30 minutes, how often, if you said nothing, how many times in that 30 minutes would yeah. your dog... Uh, remember that you exist. Would you arrive back together? Would your dog just leave? 
If, you just if they were off the lead, yeah. would you go back? Yeah. Well, you don't just go, well, you're boring. I'm off. See you. Yeah. So engagement really is. Mm. So for me, engagement is uh, how much does my dog want to be uh, involved. Part, involved, yeah. in involved in what I'm doing? What I'm does doing. my dog want to yeah. be involved in what I'm up to? Yeah. Or are there better things for them to do? So why? Why do we want engagement? So it's slightly different to just getting your dog's attention. Engagement is just your dog's willingness to, to spend time with you, to pay attention to you. It's it's really difficult to achieve any sort of real major behaviour change. So if you've got some sort of extreme issues going on, if you've got no engagement, because if you're constantly nagging at your dog, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. That's, that's a good point, that nagging, because it is nagging sometimes. It becomes it? nagging, yeah. No engagement. Yeah, so if you've got, if you're constantly having to nag, it, it kind of can diminish any results that you might achieve. Yeah. If you've just got really good engagement, so if your dog just actually enjoys paying attention to you, maybe waiting to see if you do provide something good, maybe just because they just enjoy your company, then training becomes much, much easier. So having really great engagement has enormous value. Yeah, and not just training, if you've got a bit like saying behavioral issues, mm. sometimes engagement virtually fixes it. In some cases, that, if you've got some, yeah. You know, you're struggling with recall or you're struggling with your dog because he, he pays attention to the, too much attention to the dogs mm. or, or something like that. Sometimes building engagement first, which is which is sometimes why trainers, I think, people expect to fix the problem, um, fix the symptoms rather, yes. not fix the problem. They look at the symptoms. The symptoms are, my dog runs across to other dogs and jumps on them and tries to play with them or barks and reacts badly to them that's not the problem the problem is the fact that a dog is just mooching around with nothing else to do maybe a bit scared of them maybe a bit worried maybe a bit overexcited by them but nothing else to do and i think sometimes if you've got that bit of engagement and go then build that engagement first your dog has a choice then and goes well there's that other dog i could bark to him or what are you doing dad is that a ball you've got dad Hey, Dad, are we going to play ball? Are we going to play hide-and-seek games? Are we play go-find-it games? And all of a sudden, he's forgotten that other dog. And even if you, you don't, even, even, if you don't, even if you don't, yeah. it's your dog's interest or willingness to stick around because they've had a history of reinforcement yeah. where that has worked. So I just you've reminded me there where you said about dogs bombing off to see other dogs and it being a symptom and also just sort of mooching around is one of my favourite slash least enjoyed quotes from people is my dog's recall is okay uh, my dog's recall is really great except when there are other dogs or people around. Yeah, as long as <laughs> as long as as long as yeah. there's no one else that exists in the world right so yeah. oh my, my dog's recall is really great but when a dog appears they yeah. run yeah so that actually means no no it's not very Your good recall's awful. yeah so it's so i'm gonna give so i'm gonna give an example of really good engagement as opposed to necessarily constantly calling your dog if i take roxy out for an hour and said nothing to her she'd still be next to me an mm. hour later she yeah. she even even if she sort of scampered off halfway through the walk she'll find her way back to me and i won't have to say anything i won't have to feed her nothing she's just she'll find her way back yeah. eventually and if i went home she's likely to have come home with me um without saying a word and so now, in contrast to that, her recall is not actually that good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to admit this. Yeah. She's a lurcher type. Mm. Uh, sometimes she is mooching about and she's got a good sniff. 
Um, so she doesn't listen then either. Her recall's pretty rubbish, to be honest. It, it goes through phases of being excellent. Uh, then I'll manage to poison it somehow. Then it goes excellent again. Then it's not very good again. And it goes through a bit of waves. But her engagement is excellent. So even if I'm walking through a field and, I don't know, someone's walking past with another dog, then if I just simply walk in sort of a slightly different direction... She won't bother. She'll be oh, mum's yeah. going that so, way. Where are you going? The, the engagement is really, really yeah. there, and I think mm-hmm. there's a there's a slight difference there. Yeah. Um, I, that took a lot for me to admit that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we actually we got a comment on the on the Facebook or Instagram. I can't remember. Oh yeah. About keeping it real, and and I think sometimes we need to. We, you know, in the words of Pat Stewart, all the Instagram and the TikTok and whatever is art. Hmm. It's art. It's not dog training. It's art. It's people who've put fantastic videos and the dog is doing their best life. And not many people show all the problems and the cock-ups and the mm. blooper reel and so on and so forth. And I think it's important. You know, I think it's important to admit that your dog's out of when it's, yeah. when it's rubbish. Yeah. Know. I mean, I'm it's saying that it's not very good. It's not very good by my standards. Yeah, which are fairly high probably. Which are incredibly high. If I call her, I want her to be back immediately. Yeah. But uh, she tends to take, t- you know, five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, not always. But yeah, I think that that's a really nice. I, I think that explains well how engagement is different to just traditional kind of. My dog knows these particular skills. Yeah, attention when I say that particular cue. Yeah. So how do we get engagement? So how do we get it? I, th- I think engagement is massively multifaceted because I think we can get engagement by participating in training, mm-hmm. be that for training, for heal, for attention to name, um, be it in training for scent work, be it training for competitive obedience, be it training for agility. I think if you've got a dog and you participate in some form of training with a training plan, I mean, that's what sets it aside. You get a training plan and go, we are going to train this, 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 and this, these behaviours. Do tricks. It doesn't matter what. Hmm. But if you've got a training plan, you're going to go around that line and train these certain behaviours. You're building bond. You're building attention to you. You're building focus on you. You're building engagement. I think that's that's a big... You, do you mean point. just doing something with your dog? Doing something with your dog, yeah. Does it matter what? No. <laughs> I think it matters as well. I think it just needs to be something that your dog enjoys doing. I'm gonna I'm gonna elaborate on that then because I don't I do think it does matter what. Yeah. If you walk your dog every day. Yeah, doing something interacting with your dog. It's doing something interactive. Not just walking along watching TikToks on your phone while your dog sniffs and hedgerow. Yeah. That's not interacting. So it's doing something but interactive with you. If on that walk, you set up on your walk and you went, right, in the next couple of hundred yards, I'm going to play find it games, tossing food into a hedgerow, and going, hey, buddy, what have I got? Ooh, ready? Oh, find it. And your dog scoops off and finds it. Oh, can we do another one, Dad? Can we do another one? You do three or four, then you think, come on, let's walk on a bit further. And at that point, you might go, you know, we're at a road end. We'll stop, we'll do a sit. And we sit, good boy, have a reward. I'm going to move on when the road's clear. That is building engagement. Yeah. That is not just walking along, looking at your phone, listening to music while you exercise. You know my views on exercising dogs. I think walking's <laughs> the biggest waste of time. Yeah. Because um, you see so many people ruining it. You just They're just walking along side by side with the dog. The dog's doing its own thing. They're doing their thing. There's no 
There's no communication between the two. But if you're doing something like that, some games, hand target games, touch games, mm. that's one of my favourites, just playing touch. Just sitting, sitting a, a little on the bench and toss treats into grass and let your dog find them. And all of a sudden your dog goes, you know what? This has been quite interactive. This is good, this. Do you think that's maybe why... So sometimes you'll see you'll see people, um, normally sort of older dog owners, who may be retired, who spend quite a lot of time sort of pottering about with their dogs, and you'll see people walking down the road with their dogs off lead just with them. Yeah. And they don't have to be doing anything, but they just do so just much It's the most dog. natural thing in the world because they spend time with the dog. They're yeah. just doing things with it, interacting with it, not just spending time with it. Exercising it. You know, living in the same house. Yeah. I think quite a lot of dogs, they live in the same house as their people, but don't really have much interaction between the two. And then when something is pear-shaped, that person goes, I find a trainer because my dog runs off, my dog yells at other dogs. It's really because that dog's just shares the same roof. I think ultimately, because it can also be described as relationship, can't it? I mm-hmm. think the the danger. I don't. I do agree that you can work full time and you can have great relationship with your dog. But I think. I mean, both of us do. Yeah. But yeah, so, we cheat because we take them with us. Not always. Well, <laughs> I don't always. Sometimes mine come to work with me. A lot of the time, they get left behind. Um, the difficulty is when you're when you've got a lot of other things going on in your life is sometimes you can fall into and I'm guilty of this you can fall into really bad habits where the only interaction your dog gets with you is the walk mm. morning walk evening walk feed them uh in an evening I'll be watching you know season three four and five like in <laughs> in succession one <laughs> after the other or I'll be sat on my laptop answering emails or I'll be out all yeah. day working. So, you know, sometimes we forget to fit moments into the, into our lives with them. And I think a lot of people's relationships with their dogs probably look quite similar to that. I think That's if, where engagement will lack a little bit. If you go back and look at puppy classes, so you, you get your little puppy, he's eight weeks old, gets your vaccinations, gets 12 weeks, you join a puppy class. Mm. I think most puppy classes will say something the lines off. You know, this week we're teaching a sit. Everyone teaches a sit, and you get a little dog, and you get a treat, and you get to 30 repetitions a night, and your little dog learns how to sit when you shout sit at it. And I think the problem is that when you get past week, that's week 12, so week 18, when your puppy class finishes, people stop. And in reality, we're probably only spending 15 minutes an evening interacting with your dog just doing something training something training something simple sit down whatever i think that's all you need probably to keep that that bond you probably don't need to spend a huge amount of time but if everything like you say you get home from work we're all tired we get home from work oh god i'm gonna exercise dogs tip out into the garden for a week take you for a quick walk around you know but if you then spend 15 minutes just playing a simple game maybe yeah all of a sudden You've got that dog going, oh, at this time, I like you. It's nice. I like being around you because you do stuff with me. I, I'm and gonna, same, yeah. Like I said, same on a walk. If you take your dog on a walk and you do something with it, you ask it to do something. I I always look at people just endlessly throw a ball. And the dog's loving it. It's probably wearing bits of itself out, but the dog's loving it. But if you get that dog and it comes back and you ask it to do a sit and hold that sit for a second, just like a little sit state, 
and then throw its ball and then comes back and sit or down. All of a sudden, I was going, I have to do a thing to get that ball to happen. I have to interact with you to make that ball happen. And I think that's a good thing. Without sort of digressing too much, I think that also comes under the the idea that being having a, having an idea of control, having an element of control in your environment, being able to manipulate what's happening in your environment is incredibly empowering. Yeah, and it's not spoken about enough. With it dogs. is. We we look at it. We look at it like right. I'm going to teach my dog a sit, a, a sit stay. Yeah. So you, hey buddy, come. And your dog comes running back, drops his ball at your feet. You pick it up and you hey sit. Good boy, and you throw your ball again. If you look at it from the other side of the thing, the dog looks at you and goes, I run up, right, and I sit here, and it makes you throw that ball. And like you say, that dog's control, in, in our mind, we it's control the dog. Just, yeah. In the dog's mind, it's a little mind's eye, he's controlling his environment. It's making you that big, stupid, two-legged thing that, like, bimbles around and trips over it. It, yeah, and it's, it's to his yeah. requirements. And from well. the other side of it, yeah. his his ability or his knowledge that he can control his environment yeah. is enormously beneficial for confidence. Because again, control is empowering. If yeah. he thinks he can control, and I think really good train, really really good dog trainers make the dog think that they're controlling all aspects of what's happening. Instead of under control or yeah. under sort of, you know, you must do this or else, is if my dog thinks I'm going to do this and it's going to make mum do that, yeah, that's much that more important. has got elements controlling its own life, its own environment. It can make a thing happen that it, it wants. To. And that is enormously good for building yeah. engagement because now my dog thinks it's fulfilling. I could run off, fulfilling, and chase, yeah, and chase that and yeah. chase that other dog, but that that doesn't always 100% go well for me. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. But if I do this thing, I know that I can manipulate my yeah. mum or my dad into uh, it makes providing me feel so good and it inside. makes me feel really good. Yeah. Did you ever tell you about the border collie on the beach? No. With a, with a pebble. With a pebble? Yeah. So there's a, there's a beach you go to. Digressing a little bit, but this is talking about dogs needing to fulfil some inner desire to feel good, to be a happy mm. dog, right? So we're going to the beach, and we've got a couple of three of my dogs with me. It's a pebble beach, and it's a pebble beach with a little cafe on near a lighthouse in Wales. And we're walking down the beach, and it turns out that the people who own the cafe and the little house that goes with it have got two collies, which pretty much live feral on this beach. Anyway, we're walking along, there's these two collies, they're joining with our, our dogs, and they're all running around having a good old time. And then one of them went back, and then one of them carried on and stayed with us. And I kept, I didn't realise it was there, so I kept trying to get close to it to look at its tag, um, just in case it had run away, you know, and it wouldn't let me get close. And then we were halfway down the beach and we were playing ball, and it obviously looked at us and went, you guys are all right, yeah, why are you, you're all right. And it roots about for a bit and it found a big flat pebble, probably about four or five inches diameter and sort of mm. flat. And it walked up to me and it dropped it at my feet. It's like, what? So I thought, obviously, it wants me to throw it. So I had to sort of squint at this pebble, and I threw it 20 feet away, made a note where it landed. And of course, because I picked it up, all my dogs went hunting for it, and this border collie went hunting for it. And within seconds, this border collie had found the same pebble and fetched it back and put it back at my feet. I went, oh, that's pretty good. And I picked it up, and I threw it again, but a lot further this time. And they, they all went off, and this border collie arrived back first with this pebble and dropped it at my feet. Bloody hell, so I thought I'll throw it over behind some other rocks and I hurled it really high and it went in behind some other rocks. I heard it smash and 
Off they went, all hunting for it. And this dog came back with a quarter of the pebble. And I thought it was fun at the time. It was a real fun game, that, you know. Ah, oh, well done, mate. And afterwards, I thought, that dog has decided that right just now it needs a desire, an inner, inner, inner desire fulfilling. And it's chosen me to do it. It's gone, you might, you, you've got dogs, you, you're an idiot, you'll play this game. You're, you're an idiot. <laughs> and it brought me a pebble, and he went, please, 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 in its mind's eye, it went, please, please throw it, because right just now, I need to find a thing that's lost. I need to find a thing that's been hurled away, because it makes me feel good inside. And I threw it, and it went, oh, thank God, you've, you've joined, you've twigged on this game. And it ran off, and it found it, and brought it back, and went, please do it again, because I really needed to do it again, because it really makes me feel fulfilled inside. And the more you think about that desire inside that dog to, hide, to find hidden things, it's like, wow, that dog set up its own game. It, it, brought the, it brought the equipment, it arrived with this equipment, it gave it to me, and went, this is how the game works, mate, play it, and we'll have a lovely time. And I think that's a a big, it a big is incredible. thought provoker. Yeah. When when you think what what your dog actually wants out of life, you know, is there something your dog wants to do? Does he want to find hidden things? Does it want like your dog to do agility, run over things, climb things, get onto things, do parkour, doggy parkour? We are really doing those, the same, but yeah, those like, things fulfil yeah. its desires. And if you play those things with it, does that dog look at you and go, mate? You are the best thing since sliced bread. Well, this is I absolutely this, love yeah. it because you fulfil my inner little doggy desires beyond reason. I would I would add to that that it's a lot of the time when we see behaviour problems for the not for all of them but for a huge amount it is an unmet need. Yeah, that is coming out as a yeah. problem. So in that in that case. Your dog wants something or needs you to do something. So, I don't know. Your dog's jumping up and mouthing you, biting at you. It's 7 p.m. every single night. Uh, your dog jumps up and they mouth at you. Uh, and we tell them off. But what the dog needs in that moment is for you to recognise that they need something to chomp on or to fight yeah. with or to occupy the brain because they're bored, senseless, because they've been yeah. home all day. And so just correcting that symptom isn't going yeah. to necessarily that's fix not that problem. problem. It's, literally, not the it's problem. literally a symptom. We can try to put a yeah. Band-Aid on it and stop that symptom the being there. The problem is boredom. The problem is the dog wants to do something, and it's the only way to tell you, other yeah. than finding you on a beach and bringing a pebble and dropping yeah. it at your feet and going, come on, mate, work out what you want me to do about a pebble. Yeah, yeah. It's the only way of doing it is biting your elbow. So if we've got really poor engagement, I'm going to give you an example of how I might build on this. Uh, one of the methods I find really useful if your dog's quite foody, sometimes this can backfire, uh, is hand feeding. I was just going to ask about hand feeding. I hand feed from time to time. I hand feed from time to time as well. Uh, I'd like to do it more, but I'm lazy. I watched a really interesting thread the other day where <laughs> yeah. a bunch of my peers, and people I respect quite a lot as a trainer, yeah. had an interesting discussion about how much food you should use for training hand feeding, given free in a bowl, and and it, it suddenly threw a real cat among the pigeons because he said, what about people who scatter feed? And everybody had said, oh, you give, give all your food in a bowl. Give a percentage of your food in a bowl. Dog, yeah. dog in my mind should be allowed to just chow down at some point and get his food for free and not have to work for not all Not have to work for every single morsel. And then somebody yeah. said, what about if you scatter feed or give it in a treat toy? And they're like, oh, yeah, like that. 
Yeah, like our treat toy is equivalent to hunting. Scatter feed is equivalent to hunting. So really, they're working for it. And he got very confused. Very confused. But yeah, hand feeding, love it. It, it not to, you, not to oversimplify, got, but it depends on the dog. If you've got a dog that's happy to hand feed, not going to bite you. Yeah. Not a resource guarded dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, and a dog that's not going to chew your hand off and, yeah. Yeah. But certainly depending on dog. I hand feed, I hand feed some of, some of Havoc's meals. Yeah. As much as possible. I think it's confidence builder as well in, in you, in that your dog looks at you and goes, you're all right, you, because yeah. I feel caught. I've done it a few times with chaos, because chaos can be a bit, like, flighty and spooky. Mm. And I've done it a few times with chaos and just hand fed her a little bit and she kind of... Oh, relaxes into it and kind of goes like, oh, you're all right, I remember. So I struggled with hand-feeding Roxy because she was never that drivey yeah. for food. So she wouldn't, if I offered her her dinner in my hand, she'd just walk off. She's she happy just, to wait for it to get a, a bowl later on. Yeah, so I'll wait until that's easier. Um, and way, way back when, when I first started doing this, uh, I probably misguidedly listened to... Um, some other opinions where if your dog wouldn't hand feed, then you would just starve them out. Yeah. Um, like if they they need to eat eventually, and so just well, they either eat it from you or they get food from you or they don't eat. So it's like right, fine. I respect the people that are saying this. You know, I'm going to have a go at this. And Roxy self starved for five days, <laughs> four days, five days. And eventually it's like, time, it? that's a lot of time with no yeah. food. So eventually she got food back in a bowl. She will work perfectly happily with treats and she gets fed in a bowl and I feed her twice a day in a bowl. Yeah. And when I ask her to do training, she'll still work for food and it's great. And I'm very much this, we're talking, we're talking like five years ago now, but now I'll hand feed Havoc because he likes it and he enjoys it. And I won't hand feed Roxy because she doesn't enjoy it and she doesn't want to work that way. Yeah. And I think that's, there's a distinction. It's it's not a one size fits all. If, you know, if you try, I, I do advise, I do advise a lot of clients to start hand feeding or hand feed at least one meal a day. Yeah, that's what I say. Hand feed part of it. Hand I normally, I'll, I'll, I'll fill a bowl up, however much food they're having, and then I'll probably hand feed two thirds of it. Mm. and then they'll get the bowl and they can finish it themselves at a leisure do what they want uh, but it also depends on how manic your dog is so Havoc yeah. for example if I fill his bowl and then take some of it to hand feed before he gets the bowl he can't because <laughs> he's so <laughs> he's lost his mind he's so wild about yeah. the fact that his bowl's about to appear that he can't concentrate yeah. so I can I should really use hand feeding his meal from his bowl as proofing rather than training yeah. because he loses his mind so if i'm gonna hand feed it's because i've grabbed a pocket of it and i'm and i'm doing the hand feeding outside of meal times yeah he can't really learn during meal times because his little brain explodes um and roxy is yeah sometimes uh, when arousal gets that high you you don't train anything are you? i think the short answer is it depends yeah it depends <laughs> it depends well, certainly if you've got a dog that's like a little bit like oh, a bit unsure i'd certainly advise hand feeding it yeah, I love. Give I do love hand feed. I think. Around. Give it a go and see what happens. See what happens yeah. if your dog goes. This is all right. I can understand this. If it if it performs, brilliant. If it doesn't like it, like you say, don't worry about it. Don't start. Don't starve your dog. Don't starve your dog. How do you feel about tethering? Having your dog fastened to you with a leash. I I quite like it. I like this. <laughs> I 
quite like it. Whenever you go, the dog comes yeah. with you. I quite like it as a, as a method. If you, if you get a new dog that's quite happy to sort of sit somewhere else and, and don't really want to be part of you, I think sometimes it helps. I think it depends if they're scared. if they're not if they're not coming with you because they're scared then oh, if they're fearful don't don't just haul them around by the neck fasten to your waist but if they're kind of like a bit aloof and a bit prone to sit back and go not really bothered don't know who you are I think sometimes it really helps especially if you interact with them when you're doing stuff as well you mooch around you do a bit of cooking or whatever so I've never I've never used it for engagement building yeah. but I have advised tethering for naughty puppies. Yeah, just to keep them out of harm's way. Just to keep them with you so you can keep your yeah. eye on them. So if yeah. you're in one room and you just need to nip to another room, is tough luck, you're coming with me. <laughs> yeah. um, so I do it for that. And I think that engagement comes from that just naturally. But no, I'll be honest, I've never considered that for building engagement. Mm. That's not how I, think, I would use it. I think in some, some ways it helps because your dog's there. Your dog doesn't have, initially, your dog doesn't have an opportunity to just go, I'm going to go under this in the corner on my own. Yeah. The dog goes, oh, I'm with you. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll move around together. And then after a couple of days, they're like, well, oh, since we're together, what are we doing? And then I think after that point, it gets to have be you like, used? Have you used that personally? Yeah. yeah. I think it helps. Really That's do. an interesting one. No, I'd never considered it in that way. I have, I have used, I do use tethering. I do, I do like the, the method for other things, but no, I've never used it for engagement building. How do you feel about eye contact? Eye contact. In what way? How do you feel about it? Good idea, bad idea? I think eye contact always used to be... Ten years ago... They don't like it. Ten years ago, I think eye contact <laughs> used to be a thing that pretty much every trainer worked on. Mm. Eye contact. Look at me, look at me. But loads of me. dogs hate it. Yeah. Loads of dogs I'll tell you what. Intimidated. So I've, ri- I've written it down, actually, because I was going to talk about eye contact, but maybe not in the same reason yeah. that you want to. And a really good way of building engagement... I've written eye contact, but it doesn't have to be eye contact. Yeah. If your dog orients towards you... Yes. Then reward that. If they don't have to look... They don't have to gaze deeply into your eyes. That was where I was trying to lead it to. Yeah, orienting... I, I just dropped you in it. And you did drop me in it. Eye contact. I have written it down. Literally when, when I first started training dogs, eye everybody contact. trained eye contact. It was eye contact. Eye contact all the time. Hold your treat, look at your eyes. Yes, click mark. If it reward, hold it over there. When dog checks back in, eye contact. Yeah, you're a good dog. I, I, I think you've got to be very careful that the dog's it, yeah. comfortable with eye contact, which a lot of dogs aren't, like you said. A lot of dogs aren't comfortable with eye, with direct with with starey eye contact, yeah. but you you can teach it without you know eyeballing your dogs. So it's just all so a really good way of building any sort of engagement. So for example. If every time you step out the door to go on your walk, your dog is like, oh, you don't exist. Yeah. Then, uh, yeah. Then <laughs> really nice. Stepping bit, out too soon. As soon as you step out the door, your dog goes, bye then. <laughs> See you in an hour. <laughs> then, <laughs> I'm just thinking of a specific dog. Yeah, we've all seen him. So, if you get to the door and open the door, or even not even open the door yet, if you get to the door and your dog's already decided you don't exist, a really nice way of building engagement while you're out of the house would be just wait for your dog to orient to you. Yeah. As soon as they orient to you, so give you eye contact or just look up at you. Give, checking, like you said, checking, checking a little bit. Hey, you all right? Are you there? Yeah, yeah looking up at your face. Then that's you enough. can mark that yeah. with either a treat, or if they're not bothered about food in that moment, that's not 
necessarily important. You can just good yeah. and then continue forward. So you don't always have to be cookie pushing. Um, although I do love cookie pushing. I love giving my dog a treat when they do well. But if your dog's not foodie, then don't worry about it. And then I would step out the door. And if my dog then forgets I exist again, then maybe I'll wait until they orient to me. Good lad, we'll carry on. Yeah, and carry on then. Yeah, and what we're doing is we're just teaching them. <clears throat> if your dog is hell-bent on not giving you any engagement, then just teach them that, unfortunately, unless you give, unless yeah. you engage with me, this walk can't continue. Today's challenge is we sit around here mooching around and so eventually looking at me and then we go hey let's do something yeah. together i like to so i like to teach it in a way that you it feels like you as the as the human end of the lead have no control over it my dog's fully in control of that walk and the yeah. only way to make me continue forward if it starts is to, is to engage it's with your me. it's your job starting yeah. yeah if i have to stop the only way to make me continue is to engage yeah. with me I do find as well, we're talking about that eye contact thing, but really be mindful about that. It used to be a thing, it used to be like everybody's favourite, but I've I've seen plenty of reactive dogs that you could literally turn on their barking and their reactivity by yeah. staring at them. You know, you look away from them and the dog's like, oh, I'm cool, I'm cool, I'm, I'm, I'm still tense and I'm still aware of you, but, you know, and then you stare at them and they're like, and kick off. Yeah. And... I think it's it's something that used to be quite a popular. It's probably still taught in some circles. Um, I've probably taught it to uh, be honest, but more for like but be, not, yeah, not with dogs that hate. Be it. mindful of your yeah. dog. Does your dog like eye contact? I mean, some dogs are just happy to gaze into your eyes lovingly and go, oh, "I love you, you're brilliant." So, uh, but, yeah, a specific example be would be with with people with dogs that are outwardly reactive is instead of dealing with the outward reactivity is trying to keep your dog's attention mm. when the distracting things are going on around them. And I think that's so counterproductive because if you're if you're trying to teach eye contact, not only is your dog probably a little bit uncomfortable with that, they're also stressed about what's going on around them. You've got to let them eventually look. Yeah. At some point they've got to look around and go, Oh the dog but I'm cool with that. Yeah. I'm focusing on you and I'm just shaking and quivering and just not breaking eye contact. Um, I hate I hate the idea of of curing reactivity by teaching your dog to focus on you instead. Mm. Because at some point your dog has got to look around. Yeah, they need to and not um, fly off the handle. Choose an option. Choose make a choice. Yeah. The right choice, which is what we're trying to train into. Yeah, exactly. What about games? Tuggy games. games. Love it. Yeah, how would you build engagement through through games? Love it as long as there are rules. That's funny because that is exactly what I've written. Game <laughs> <to laughs> and rules. I could foresee it. On I, the I, same I, page. I cheated and saw you notes. No, I didn't. Did you look? No, I didn't. I couldn't <laughs> see it. I've not got my glasses on. Um, but I've written tug games and rules. Rules. Yeah, like I said earlier about the throwing the ball on the field. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can just keep you get your ball launcher. You can keep throwing your ball on that field, and you can watch your border collie become crazier and crazier. However, if you put some rules in place, that game becomes an interactive game, and it builds engagement on you, and it builds value in you because that dog goes, "I know how to turn that ball on. I have to sit and look at you. I have to sit and wait patiently. I have to sit and wait while you walk away and then come back to me." And again, same with took games, teaching out. Mm. Learn how to teach an out, being all positive and lovey-dovey by swapping toys or freezing toys or using a treat to distract your dog when they're playing tug. Say no more. Um, what if your dog is a bit of a... <laughs> bit of a nutter. Wrong game. 
Yeah. Wrong game. Play a different game. Play sit. Play, you know I was gonna... play climb the platform. <laughs> um, but as you said earlier about Lottie, be mindful sometimes because tug games and ball games can sometimes tip your dog over the edge with arousal. So when I'm trying to do sit, stay now with Lottie, that ball goes away, the tug goes away, because I know if I get it out, she currently can't control her little emotions and she loses her mind. Probably in six months' time, she will be able to because she'll know the game, she'll understand the game, and she'll be able to go, oh, I know this, yeah. I'm going to give the same example in what I just mentioned earlier about Havoc with Mealtimes, is you're better off using that as proofing rather than yeah. training because the arousal levels yeah. are too high. But, yeah, I think... For sure, tug games or, or chasing balls, things like that, as long as they've got rules, yeah. then they're fantastic for engagement because it's not just mindless um, yeah. grabbing it's, it's and chasing. Be. Play it's, tug, play tug, thinking. play tug, and release. And wait a moment. Mm. Be released to come back in and play tug some more, and then out-release the, the tug. Wait a moment. And think, come back yeah. in. And it's a good game. It's a good game. Five minutes it, it playing teaches, tug with your dog, yeah. It teaches that dog to have some self-control. But, again, be mindful that if you've got a dog that gets really aroused, don't start playing tug because you're not going to get the results you wanted. I very often as well will prescribe, but I reckon five minutes of playing some sort of interactive yeah. tug game with your dog every day will do absolute wonders for your engagement. Yeah. Because it's just building a relationship with you and it's building that bond. Like when uh, you're around and there's that toy in your hand, this is fantastic. And also, don't only just take the tug off your dog. Let your dog win every now and again. I let my dog win I all think a lot time. of people don't do that. <laughs> yeah. You play tug, play tug, play tug, and your dog really, really charges in, really pushes into that tug. Yay, you win. And you're like, oh, and your dog parades around waving that tug about, and then goes, oh, this is a crap game on my own. I'll bring it back. If your dog chooses not to bring it back, put a tug on a string. Or get then, a second toy. Yeah, I'll get a second toy. And, and do either it, and wheel it in switch. Or bring that second tug out. Oh, my God, you've got the dead tug. I've got the live tug. Woohoo! look at me and watches your dog spits that tug yeah. and comes back in to play games again just well, on that just on that note as well before we move from tug is play style if you are playing if you're playing with your dog and they quit the game and wander off it's not necessarily that your dog's not very playful it's that you suck at the game yeah maybe you've so, been yeah maybe you aren't being animated maybe you've been a bit flat maybe lot, yeah i think a lot of well not even necessarily that so sometimes you can be too animated so just to yeah. just to elaborate oh, wow. with with it is sometimes people will tell will tell me their dogs aren't playful but their dogs but they're multi-dog household and the dogs will play with each other all day every yeah. day and the dog's clearly playful so if they're not playing with you you're not playing in a yeah. way that they enjoy. They're it's, not playing a game that you it's like. It's the wrong game. It's the wrong you game. You play the for game them. wrong. You don't follow the rules, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. So I just want to give an example of my own two dogs because their play styles vary quite dramatically. And I always used to think, and maybe as an excuse, say, oh, Roxy's not very playful. I mean, she is playful. She's really playful. But I just wasn't particularly skilled mm. in, in play as reward back then. Uh, Roxy is a really sore loser. So, um, You're so not painting a great picture. She's wonderful, but she's a sore loser. So if I'm playing tug with her and I pull the toy too hard or I win the toy, she won't try and get it off me. She'll just walk off. She's a really, really... Yeah. yeah, she's a really sore loser. I've found that if she's got a toy in her mouth and she wants to tug, if I don't tug it at all and I lay on the ground and let her pull me across the floor... 
like a rag. <laughs> she loves it. Just, She'll hold on forever. Just likes the she just likes pulling the, a heavy, yeah. strong, steady yeah. tug. She doesn't like the shaking. She doesn't like, fight. She doesn't like to yeah. fight for it. She's not really a fighter. She quits really quickly. Um, she's she a really enjoys that physical challenge rather than yeah. A, than she a just fight. likes to pull. Yeah. Whereas Havoc, on the flip side really enjoys the interactiveness of yeah. it like will fly at me for the toy if he wins it he'll run right back at me with the toy to make me pull yeah. it again he's really really into the game whereas so they're very very different dogs and you can sometimes fall into thinking my dog's not a playful dog because you're not very good at playing in a way that they like so i want to just give a challenge to people who are listening if they don't think the dog's that playful is i want you to try different toys with different textures different um sizes so maybe fluffy or plastic or squeaky or not squeaky or mm. big toys or small toys or rope toys or big stuffy toys and just have a little experiment and play uh, maybe play low to the ground maybe play high energy maybe run away from your dog ch- getting them to chase things and figure out what they actually enjoy in terms of play maybe look at so if your dog hates all the toys that you've ever bought them but will always nick your tea towels Maybe they need a toy that's a bit more yeah, of that looks like a cloth. Yeah, it's a bit more a cloth. cloth. Yeah. Tied to a string and wafted about, so it looks exactly, like a, yeah, yeah. a fun thing. And I, um, I found that with the, uh, the Springer, the, not the Springer, the um, Wired. Um, trying to get to play tug, and she didn't know how to play tug. She looked yeah. at me and went, I, I can't do tug. Now, whether she had some gun dog training, as we suspect, and probably been taught to return something without playing tug at all, Yeah, that's probably what happened. But five ten minutes with a flirt pole moving that round and then once she picked it up having a little tentative pull on the and she went oh that was fun and she went oh that was fun and then spat it out and oh I was supposed to let it go and within a couple of days of playing that she was like I can play tug now this is awesome I really like it yeah and so, well, I like it as well I think it's a good way to interact with the dog so you know that made me smile and it made her smile and we were all happy um, yeah figuring but, out figuring out like you say figuring out what that dog likes some dogs you know, your, your archetypal border collie. They'll play tug, they'll play ball, they'll do all that stuff. But as you say, some dogs look at it and go, ooh, I'm not really sure. You know, not really. Sometimes you're too animated and, yeah. they, and they quit. Sometimes you're not animated. Yeah, you're big and scary. You know, yeah, if yeah. you're a bloke and you're like, yeah, come on, and you're all noisy and, and, and full of shouts and waving stuff about, it can be a bit intimidating to a, a nervous dog or a little dog or whatever. Um, yeah. And like you say, other times, maybe that dog needs some physical interaction. Some dogs, Lottie seems to enjoy if you get her and wind her up and run away backwards and, and elbow her and push yeah. her, she'll bounce back in and she'll be snapping at you and bouncing at you and just generally having like some rough and tumble times. Yeah. Um, if I'd have, I've tried doing that with Ted. <laughs> he goes, no, 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 no. Ted looks at me like, like don't you love me anymore? <laughs> I'm like, no, I just, I just want to have a bit of rough and tumble with you, mate. Come on. And he's like, oh, oh, no. That's, that's not what we do. Yeah. You hide the ball, I go and find it. That's what we do. Um, whereas... I do that with, I play, I do like a pretend fist fight with, yeah. with Havoc. Yeah. And like pretend to punch him in the face. Yeah. And he's like, arr, 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 yeah, and he all that, it. yeah. And if I do that with Roxy, she just, she just yeah. goes to another room. Yeah. She's like, <laughs> I only came for a force and you hit me. She goes, I don't understand, yeah. mother. <laughs> um, so yeah, find that, find that, that play style that your dog likes yeah but yeah so we're, we're ranting about all this engagement mm. but if you think about the benefit of this engagement if you are out on a walk and something happens i don't know somebody runs past another dog runs up if you've got no engagement your dog's options are play with you boring 
play with that new dog that's to come up or that that kid that's gone past on a bike oh yeah that looks good i've never played them before so they might be really good but if your dog has got a lot of history of playing with you and somebody goes past on a bike or the dog they're gonna go like they look all right maybe i'll go and play with them hey come back yeah all right i'll stay and play with you because we've got history we've got history of reinforcement history you need yeah you need a huge reinforcement history for your dog to reliably pick you every time mm. so it needs to your dog needs to know that listening to you will more often than not work out incredibly well it's that it's that whole hope thing isn't it yeah we, we it's like the lottery if we 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 can read that sign out say the the news agents that says you might win 20 million or 100 million this week but your dog can't and if your dog's never experienced a real fun game with you or a really good game of tug or playing hide treats in the long grass in the park for 15 minutes mm. and having a really fulfilling game that fulfills his natural desires, like my dog on the beach with his pebble. Um, if your dog's not, never experienced that, your dog's not got any hope. And if your dog's got, not got any hope, your dog doesn't look at you and go, oh, I hope this happens today. Your dog looks at you and just goes, I've no experience doing anything cool with you, so my options are I'm going to run off and play with these other dogs. Mm. If your dog looks at you and goes, I hope we play that pebble game today, I hope we play that food game today, I hope we play tug today with a, a flirt pole, you're already on the way to getting his attention when it comes to recall, to getting yeah. back from other dogs, to paying attention when you train, stuff like that. Yeah, engagement certainly comes first before mm. you think about teaching those other sort of training skills yeah. if I've got a good engagement I still need to teach a recall Yeah. if I've got a good recall I still need to teach good engagement because it's all very well having yeah. a recall but if every time I take my eyes off my dog they start off. off again <laughs> and then comes straight back when you call it <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. buggers off again because he's got no interest in staying with yeah. you they're, yeah. they're slightly different it's similar but slightly yeah. different I, I, will add, I will add towards, towards the end of this because some dogs really struggle with engagement um, I think some hunting type dogs really struggle with engagement because they just want to hunt, but it can't hurt. It, it can't. It, it's hurt. also yeah. It's it also be. worth mentioning. So some dogs it might are be bred. What you have. <laughs> yeah, it, it. Some dogs specifically are bred to work closely with yeah. humans, it's and others are bred specifically yeah to be very very independent, suspicious of other people, mm. with people work really independently. It is not all in how you raise them. Yeah. It, it very, very much... There's a lot of... You cannot take any dog and give it the same input and come out with the same result because you've got a certain amount of raw material in that dog's mm. breeding, in that dog's... Not just breeding, but breed, breed type, how it's been bred, what it's been bred with, its parentage and so on. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I don't think you can go far wrong with building engagement... And using it as a the cornerstone for the rest of your training. Yeah. And you might find when you've got engagement that you don't really need any training. I think a lot of people quite find that. They find the dog's actually quite cool. It hangs around them. It kind of comes back when they shout its name. They've not really taught a recall, but dog's just interested in being with them. If they're environmentally neutral and they have good engagement, there's not really a huge amount else no. you need to teach. Unless you want something specific. Unless you want to do it because yeah. it's fun. It, mm. you, you're sorted. Can I point out as well, my first dog yeah. arrived happy to be with us. Just, just Engagement took no doing. She just wants to be around with us. 
and also took no training. Oh, right, you really cool dog. lucky bastard. And for, all, <laughs> for all you people out there, that was my first dog, so easy. And for you people out there who've got that friend who's, oh, I did this, I did that. Just take a long look at them sometimes. Did you used to be that person? I used to be that person. Oh, my dog always comes back. My dog's always. Yeah. And take a long look at them sometimes because sometimes people have that magic dog that's just dead easy. Just dead easy. They don't have to work on engagement because dog just likes them. Dog just likes people. It chills out. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're that person and you've got that dog... Yeah, stop being bloody smoke. And you go, oh, well, I did this and it just worked for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so don't always listen and believe other people when they, their dog is fully engaged and, and has no issues. Um, sometimes dogs just bloody do it without any effort at all. So, yeah, yeah. I think that's about it, really. I think on that note... <laughs> yeah, it's not a bombshell. Yeah. Yeah, so um, where can we get in touch with Sam? If you want to get in touch, my email is fetchclubinfo at gmail.com or you can find me at fetchclubofficial on Instagram, Facebook or online on a website, .co.uk. Awesome. And Ian, where can we get in touch with you? Yeah, it's Ian at K9Solution, letter K9Solution.com. Or look for us on uh, Havoc and Chaos on Facebook, Havoc and Chaos on Instagram, uh, Havoc and Chaos podcast on um, Apple Podcasts. Havoc and Chaos podcast, which you're listening to already probably on Spotify. Or um, Are you on TikTok? we did put some stuff on the K9 Sol, I think it is. On is TikTok. it? Let's change that. Look up K9 Solution. Or just look up hashtag Havoc and Chaos and you'll find all the crap I post on there. Yeah. And that's it. See you next. See you for episode next one. Time.